pack is coming. Orange sweats are ready, and they are looking fire. You can see. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Mike is ready. I'm ready. But I guess the important question is, are you ready, my friends? Hey, welcome to the Michael Birdie Podcast. We are back at it again. Season 3, Episode 4. I am Michael Brody, and it's a pleasure. Um, I know that was different today, but hey, we're all for being different here. Welcome to the podcast, though. What's not different is the fact that I'm very grateful that you're listening right now. As I mentioned, we are in our third season, fourth episode. As a quick reminder, the third season is analogies, anecdotes, and unapologetic aspirations. To catch up on other episodes, please do so. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, the major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, this is a new type of episode, and so you can sense uh, maybe a difference in energy. My energy level is a bit higher here because... This is Monday motivation. We got to bring the fire. You know, I can't have this. We can't be in the studio right now. We can't be talking about Monday motivation. I'm over here. Hey, um, we had a campfire, and you know, let's let's be very intimate right now. There's always a time and place for that. But for these Monday motivation episodes, we need to bring it. You know, we need to bring that fire so that you can go on into your week and and kill it. And so that's why we're here. Monday motivation. And before we get into a bit of the episode, I want to cover the idea behind it. And so there's really three points I want to make. One, the purpose of Monday motivation is to bring some sense of motivation to your Monday. <laughs> you know, as simple as it sounds, Mondays can be tough. I understand motivation's not an all-time high, uh, you know, on, on Mondays, but we're going to change that. You know, we're going to bring that fire. We're going to bring that desire to make it an extraordinary week. Absolutely. And so that's one point for Monday motivation is to just bring that extra fire, you know what I'm saying? Another reason is it's more snackable content. And so I'm going to be a bit more quick with how I'm delivering certain things because I want to keep this around 10 to 15. And the last idea that kind of fits into Monday motivation is to isolate those stories, you know, those really powerful, profound, I say that all the time, but stories on the podcast. I want to bring them to light, kind of isolate them so that you can take more away from it, perhaps. I know, like I said, sometimes they're stuck in 30-minute, 40-minute, if it's Fireside Friday, maybe like 25-minute episode, and and I don't want that. You know, I want you to hear some of these powerful stories by themselves. And so with that being said, and as you know, I like to say that offers a fine segue into our story today. And that story is of me, you know, growing up without my biological father. And that was tough. You know, initially... It just seemed weird to me. As a child, it was just so confusing. You know, it, you look around, you see your peers, and they have the full family, and you're just kind of wondering why you're different. You know, you go to class, and they're doing the pictures of their family, and, you know, they have a mom, and I'm used to just putting, a, a you know, a beautiful woman as my mom and, you know, my brother and then me, but I'm seeing other kids, you know, do their mom. Maybe it's their grandma, grandpa, and, and that father figure, though, at the same time. 
And I just remember kind of scratching my head, wondering, like, why? You know, like, why is that? And so it was very, of course, you know, naive at the beginning and, and just really curious, but not really feeding that curiosity, I can say. But then it, things changed quite a bit when I got into my teenage years. When I was a teenager, a lot more resentment entered the picture. And to kind of set the scene again, you know, my mom had my brother at 15, she had me at 18, and my father was just never in my life. Things weren't perfect. I was grateful for where I was at, don't get me wrong, but, but things weren't perfect and I started developing a lot of resentment towards my father. And there was really three main reasons for that. One was, you know, I got to see more of my mom's financial struggle, you know, that the instability that we had in the household. And I remember just like, I wish we can have another, another contributor, right? Another financial contributor. I wish we can have someone else that can help her, you know, so we don't have to stress, so we don't have to, so she doesn't have to stress, I should put it that way. And it, it just, it frustrated me so much. You know, I would, I would sit there and, you know, for holidays, I would, I would be bitter, you know, like Father's Day or even like the main holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I would sit there and I would let his absence affect me. I would let him take away my joy. And I didn't want to do that, you know, but that's just what I kept doing time and time again. I had so much resentment built up within me. So I already shared one reason why I feel like that resentment came, but there's two others that I'd like to highlight. You know, it was a deviation from normalcy. And so just as I kind of touched on with the first thing about how it seemed weird, it wasn't normal. It wasn't, didn't seem normal to grow up without a biological father. It didn't seem normal to not be able to, you know, throw the ball around the, the park with your dad. It, it didn't seem normal that, you know, on days in class, maybe it's take your child to work day. I wasn't going to my dad's work, but all these other kids were. It, but I, it, it just didn't seem normal that I didn't go through these things. And it, and it frustrated me. And, and I think that contributed to the resentment as well. And then lastly, you know, stereotypes. You know, the fact that I deviated from normal, but a lot of because of my skin color and a lot of because maybe other things that have happened in society with people that look like me, they made it seem like that is normal for me. And that hurt me because it, it challenged my identity. It was like, it was demeaning to me. But at the same time, I knew I was so much more and I didn't like how they made it seem like just as black men, you're not in your child's life. Because I was like, if I have a child, I'm going to be in my child's life. I'm not, that's not what I'm rocking with. I, I'm going to do the opposite. This only served as motivation for me to be the best damn dad I can be if I ever get the opportunity. And so that was like my teenage years, just a lot of resentment, you know, built on, you know, financial struggle that I saw my mom go through and wishing someone else was in the household, you know, built on deviating from normal and wondering why I'm so different, you know, why my, my life at home is so different than some of my peers and being frustrated with those stereotypes and how they try to attack my identity and and try to judge you know who I will be as a person one day simply because of the color of my skin but that all changed in 2020 in 2020 it was father's day and it hit me my mom at one point you know sat down with me and she explained when she felt that I was at a mature age to understand she said your dad did more good by being out of your life than being present he did you, the best thing he could possibly do was to, to remove himself from your life. And as I'm sitting here just trying to find 
the validity in that, you know, at first, because that's so weird to me. Like, why would, how can you do more good by being out of my life? I wondered. That's a head scratcher. Are you just capping, mom? Are you, are you capping right now? But it was so true. And as I got to, to kind of marinate on that a bit longer, I realized that she was so right because by his absence, it left the door open for so many extraordinary men to come into my life, for so many tremendous individuals to impact me, to share their thoughts with me, to do so in such a genuine way that at times maybe it even felt like they were that father figure. Like they didn't make it seem like, oh, he needs a father figure. Let me just be, you know, let me, uh, you know, be his daddy. <laughs> it wasn't like that. They were just so genuine and they loved me and they supported me without the title. And, you know, I also had to understand what the resentment was really doing to me. There's a quote here, and, and it's by Malachi. I'm a court, but it says resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. I'd accept that. You know, I'd, ac I'd accept that all of that hate, all of that bitterness I had within me was only hurting me. And I don't even want to hurt my dad in the first place, so why do I have this? Why do I have this negative energy? I must remove myself from that. And so that's some huge revelations I came across on that Father's Day of 2020, but it didn't just end there. I felt so inspired by the men that have been in my life, that have treated me so damn well, that I wanted to do something that Father's Day. I don't want to sit there and be bitter. I don't want to sit there and kick rocks. But instead, I wanted to make an impact. I wanted to pay it forward. I wanted to say thank you and have that gratitude for those that, that have been in my life. And so I went to the store, I got a gift card for, you know, three different gift cards, and I, I had three different cards for the people that I knew that have served as father figures for me in the Vegas area. And I, all, I wrote all of them a letter, you know, just thanking them for being that figure for me in my life, even though they may have never acknowledged that, realized that themselves. Thank you. And sharing with them how you know they owe part you know they they own a piece of my success and moving forward they can always take credit for that because they helped me become this man that you see right now and so i want to take the time to thank some of these men right now and, and that's grandpa thank you grandpa gramps richard etienne coach rich i love you thank you so much for everything you do for me and, you, and the relationship we have it's so special rob castellano you know, in middle school and cooking up the flapjacks and even telling me at one point that you love me like I'm your own son. And that meant so much for me as a, even just as a seventh grader. Thank you. Scott Williams. Thank you, big dog. Thank you for caring for me. Joe Gregory. Last but not least, Joe Gregory. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for investing to me even outside of my relationship with your daughter. You thank you for still seeing the value in our relationship. Thank you for still wanting to be a part of my life, even though I made some mistakes in that relationship, even though I was not the best at that time in, what was it, junior year? Thank you for sticking through with me. And so there's a reason why I'm sharing this. Amongst, I mean, there's so many reasons, right? Maybe people connect with me right now. They're like, yeah, man, I went through the same stuff. Maybe you haven't gone through it and you kind of are now gaining that perspective of, damn, that's what it's like. 
I have so much more respect. I have empathy towards that. But really what I want to say is the things we call curses could truly be blessings. The things we fear could truly put us into another gear. The things we hide from could truly serve as a guide to a better version of ourselves. That's that takeaway that I got. So I couldn't, yeah. Initially I looked at it, you know, not having a biological father figure in my life as a curse. Woe me. But now I say, thank God. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to be surrounded by so many great people, to learn from them. To be the man I am today, to have this fire, to have this passion. Thank you. But how often do we do this in other areas of our life? How often do we look, like I said, how often do we look at that curse? Do we look at something and say, that's a curse, but it's a blessing. Maybe that's Mondays for you. <laughs> so that's kind of the challenge. You know, sometimes we look at Mondays like it's a curse. We look at Mondays like, oh, I don't want to see this. Oh my gosh, I dread Mondays. Maybe Mondays are things that can actually get us ahead. That thing we dread, what if it can get us ahead? Think about that. You know, I don't want to be real dark here, but how many people have passed since the last Monday? It's a blessing that you're seeing one right now. Let us be filled with gratitude on this day. Let us be filled with optimism. Let us be filled with passion. Let us be filled with the desire to improve ourselves. Let's do it. That's the power we can have in this day. And each and every week, we get the opportunity. Usually, I want to have a quote of the week for these episodes as well, but I kind of forgot to do it at the beginning, to be honest with you. But <laughs> it's okay. Maybe it was meant to be this way, and it was meant to flow towards the end as I connect, you know, as I finish wrapping up these other topics here. But the quote of the week is to think again. And that's really inspired by Adam Grant's book, Think Again. We need to think again about how we approach our Mondays. Think again about the potential Mondays can have on our lives. Think again about how you can make Monday the most motivating day of the week, not Friday. It's all up to you, though. And I know some people are going to say, well, my situation's difficult. I don't like my job, and, and you know, that's when I go into work on Mondays. Don't let that job bring you down. Mm -mm. Nope. You got that power to make it an extraordinary day here on Monday, but also an extraordinary week to come. Don't let those outside factors, you know, weigh you down. You got it. I'm here to let this be a reminder. And I want to continue to release these Monday Motivation episodes to serve as that reminder to you. Let's get after it. My friends, have a great Monday. Moving forward, you can expect more fire here in the studio. But in the meantime, make it a kick-ass week. All the best. Let's get this music going now.